If you need more leverage in your business, you have more work than hours of the day, you have to listen to this episode. I am joined by our COO, Chris Vandervalk, who goes in depth of um, why and how we utilize virtual assistants in our business, how we can get so much more done with a lot less cost, and how we're changing lives throughout the process. We talk about that. We talk a little bit about the job the jobs you should hire first, and the mistakes to avoid. That's all on this week's episode of the Whistleway Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the Whistleway Podcast. I am your host, Brian Kochi, Director of Marketing here at Whistle Realty Group, and I am joined by our COO, Chief... The coup. The coup. Uh, operations Officer, Chris Vandervalk. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Happy to be here. And so, Chris, you have been with Whistle. G- give the 30-second the elevator pitch of who you are and what you do. Oh, wow. 30 uh, seconds is going to be really hard for No Chris. pressure. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't done a lot in the last five years, so it's actually really easy. Uh, I came into Whistle with about three and a half years of real estate experience in Chicago. Uh, worked my way up on a team there. It was a pretty small team, um, but I got the opportunity to be an inside sales, got to be an agent, and overall kind of GM to the team and the direction of growth we went. Uh, I got out of real estate and did some other fun little cool things for a hot minute and came to San Diego and decided to get back into real estate. So I applied for a job. Uh, at the time, Kyle was looking to sell a thousand homes. That's how it was pitched to me. And I truly thought it was a joke. Uh, and I thought no one was going to do that, especially in San Diego where the prices are high. So I went actually as a funny. Um, I just said, I got nothing to do today. I'll go check the interview out. Went to it. Turned out this whole eye buying thing was happening. Never heard of it. Uh, if no one... If you don't know, the Midwest finds about things really late. Uh, so iBuying was not even on the radar in what would have been 2019 uh, when I joined. That was, yeah, that wasn't on my radar. So I heard about that and was instantly like, okay, I think this guy seems legit, this Kyle guy. And there's some real players interviewing me that's not the owner. So it seemed like a bigger team structure, which is what I was looking for. I'd already worked with Lance Loken's team and some others in different capacities. And so I knew what mega teams were from the Keller Williams world, but... Uh, anyway, didn't take it super serious. Went to the interview, took that serious, actually met with you. Um, I went to the admin breakout interview and I was like, okay, I think I'm gonna take this serious. I went back for the night interview. And I was like, I actually kind of want this job now. I got pretty excited pretty quickly. It seemed innovative. Uh, so got it, worked into that until, um, that opportunity kind of fizzled out, uh, turned into something else. So I started running inside sales team here and was lucky enough to get promoted along the way. And here we are. Yeah. And Chris, Chris, for those you don't know, uh, manages, well, for those you don't know, most people, uh, manages a lot of the, the big products or projects behind the scenes, uh, helps with the vision or, or, or the direction Kyle sits for our EOS friends out there, sits in the visionary seats. He comes out with 100,000 different ideas. Chris smiles and nods behind his back, tells him 999,000 of them are dumb uh, and then works. Or not yet. Or not yet. Not yet. And works to integrate the rest. And so with that process, we have let Kyle be Kyle and come up with the ideas and and, and that sort of stuff. And then Chris's job is to uh, integrate it into the company uh, with the directors and our departments uh, to make it I just never pitched what I actually do. Thanks, Brian, for yeah, answering the rest of the how I got here. <laughs> I got that. But what I do, yeah. The other part I say is protect our leadership, too, is the other part of it is, you know, Kyle has a lot of brilliant ideas, a lot of ones that I genuinely are not yet. I might be a little more crass or funny with him. Just say, no, that's that's too wide lens for where we're at right now. But it also protects the leadership team so that they can stay focused and their people can stay focused on what we're already gaining traction when you're around as many people as Kyle are that are out in the space doing a lot of different cool things. 
they might be at step four of their own process where he sees that step four and goes, oh yeah, we could really use that. And he might be right, but we're not even at step one of what they're working on. And we have other limiting you know, things or we're already really focused on our research somewhere else. So it just might not be, a, not yet. So filtering in what actually gets actioned on and ensuring that morale stays high internally uh, and that our metrics actually happen the way we want to. And so that actually leads into exactly what we're going to talk about today. We're talking about virtual assistants, or as we like to call them, our international team. You probably have heard about virtual assistants in the past. Maybe you've used one. Maybe it's been great. Maybe it's been horrible. Maybe you've heard horror stories. We're going to talk a little bit about our process, but also what I really want to get into in this podcast are the two main roles. If you are, whether you're an agent or a a team leader, the two main roles you should start with a VA first. Um... And we're going to kind of talk a little bit about what they do, about how to implement, how to utilize them, um, and then some cool resources for you at the end. But before we get into that, uh, that was our long-winded introduction. Uh, This, Like I said, this is the Real Estate Success The Whistle Away podcast, where we give you tips and tricks for your business to help you succeed. We want to give you more leverage. We want to give you more tools. We want to give you more ideas. If you like this, if you want to grow more, go to thewhistleaway.com. On there, you can find our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, our weekly email newsletter. You can join our referral network for at, so when people leave San Diego, we have somewhere to send them. Um, you can learn more about our content creation course, uh, media, our Media Mayor Mastermind, where Kyle and I take took our nine years of knowledge working together, uh, share that with that group, um, and constantly update it so that way you're constantly learning what has worked for us in the past, what we're doing now and what we're going towards in the future. You can find all that on thewhistleway.com. So Chris. As you're doing that, I really wanted to hold up my hands for like the overlays that are probably going to be here. Popping here and here. (laughs) Um, So that's all there for you guys watching on YouTube. You can see. um, Click the link Tom's probably like, I'm not editing any of that. Um, So that being said, Chris, we, like most people, held off on holding virtual assistants for a long time. Um, It was... I want to go through a cu- quickly a couple common misconceptions that I think people have, some common hangups. Uh, I want to talk about ways that we have failed because this is our favorite thing to talk about on our podcast, so our, our mess ups, and how to how to m- what we're doing now to mitigate that. And then again, I want to talk about those two roles. So I'm going to give you. I want to be this fairly rapid fire, so I want to help change people's perspectives. I'm going to tell you a common misconception, and I want you to tell me in 90 seconds or less why I am wrong, right? I love this. So I don't want to hire a VA because uh, they don't speak English, and they're not as good as hiring someone in-house. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, that's just not true. I mean, the Philippines... Uh, the Which is where we get our VAs from. The, yeah, yeah, it's true. There's Brazil, everywhere. And, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of companies out there uh, that hire in different places. Uh, so it's, that's very true. We hire uh, out of the Philippines. Um, actually, nothing against South American VAs, actually. I've heard great things. I just don't have uh, anyone sourcing talent for us there. But uh, with the Philippines specifically and the language concern, and really same thing in Brazil or South America, anywhere you find an agency to find for you, uh, that is part of the interview process. So when you pay someone to headhunt effectively and look and source for you, make sure you find a firm that headhunts and not just randomizing a, you know, no interview, no thorough process. Like I'm sure that exists. But for by and large, a lot of these companies out there, they're going to do a, a vetting process. 100% of the people we've had presented to us for interviews speak English really well. My executive assistant actually who lives in southern province of the Philippines probably speaks English better than me. Uh, you know, it turns out her dad was a diplomat. You know, she has a cool life story. But everyone that meets her is like, 
her English is really, really good. And I was like, yeah, it's like, at this point, I'm not surprised. It's almost offensive to be surprised, but I think it's normalized. It's a normal thing to think because we only work with people we already know. And so this, we're in, there's cultural differences. You're in over, like, there's gonna be things where you realize, wow, this person has completely different world than me. But English, uh, I've had 0% people. And that's the other thing. If you get to the interview and for some reason a company provided you with two to four of the people and they all had broken English, it's a great time to consider maybe not moving forward with your company. Or depending on their role and depending on how well you can communicate, that's that's one thing. So I, my, my for, so for English, I gave you two and one, but my kind of comeback to that was when they're like, they don't speak English. I say, well, they do. All my VAs speak English. Yeah. Uh, they speak it well. Um, do they have an accent? Absolutely. So does someone from Texas. So does someone from Jersey. Like, yeah, hundred so percent. Like, like someone from the city or from some of the suburbs versus someone from, you know, Texas versus someone from yeah. SoCal. Yeah, hundred percent. The vernacular and the dialect, all those things may not translate one to one. But yeah, it's a remote hire in general, and I think where you're going with that is the position you hire them for. Yep. And so, and we'll get into that a little yeah. bit later. Um, the other thing I hear people say is, well. You know, I'm not going to get good talent, which I think you shared this with me once. Uh, you did or, or someone did. And it's like, do we really have the mindset that we as Americans are better human beings, better workers, better at every job out there than every other country? When do we I have that belief? Yes, we do. I, I, when I tell people that and I go, do you think that's really true? And they go, like not I, actually, it, but like subconsciously. subconsciously. I think but people when, 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 when you pull it out like that, they go, well, no, there's. There's people in the Ukraine that are better at marketing than me. There's people in, in China that are better. Like, the, the, just because we're in the U.S. doesn't mean we're the best at anything. Um, and so when they go, well, it's not, you know, like, no, my my video editor is a better video editor than me. My photo editor is a better photo editor. Like, the, And there's great talent there in the Philippines or Brazil, wherever you go. And there's crap, crap talent. And there's people that just aren't going to work hard. They're not going to perform for you. So that's people the, are people. I think people are people. The skills and the experiences. You know, my first assistant actually, uh, he did 20. I want to say 21 years with IBM. His whole job as a as a senior manager was to create back office processes for all. IBM sold as a service. This pre this kind of pre AI for them is they would out offshore work for other companies. IBM would help you do that. And so they come in as a consulting firm and say, okay, you have all these processes with your business. We're going to help you back office them. So if these big corporate companies have been doing this for, that's why T-Mobile, AT&T, all our companies, we call in and you get someone internationally. And I think there's obviously negative sentiment around that, but they've learned that these people are extraordinary, just like we are as Americans at doing certain tasks. And if you put the right talent to Look for them, keep them accountable, hold them, you know, to a standard and teach them what to do. You have great employees on your team or independent contractors. And so that's something that I want to talk about leading into it, right? So a lot of times people said, I have a VA, but they they were bad, right? People are people, right? Uh, I have a lot of people that I talk to as, as the director of marketing here. They say, oh, I want you to talk to my people. I see marketing people in real estate come and go so fast. Um, and it's because typically a real estate agent will say, Chris, you're my, you're my, uh, virtual assistant. I want you to do my marketing. I'll talk to you next month. Mm-hmm. And they never talk to them. They don't have no plan. They have no structure. They don't know what, and so they don't know what success looks like. Correct. And so again, we'll talk a little bit about that. And then uh, the big reason why we do this is because it's less expensive for us, right? 
And when we, as a business, you go, yay, this is exciting. But then you put on your human hat and you, and this is one thing I hear people say all the time. I don't want to take advantage of someone. I'm going to pay them $3, $4, $5 an hour. That's absurd. When I, when I have to pay someone that works at McDonald's $25 an hour, and now I'm paying this person $5 an hour, I'm, I'm being the, the greedy corporate American offshoring jobs and, and taking advantage of people. But that's simply not true. And can you talk a little bit about how that's not true? Yeah, I mean, I've personally been there uh, to the Philippines. Uh, okay. So that where we hire from, I'm in Brazil um, some other places. But where we hire from, I've met our team. Uh, and I got to see it firsthand. And so, yeah, there is a currency, you know, or a rate of pay difference between what we would pay someone similarly here. But there's also a drastic cost of living difference. And so when we create or we hire, at least it's a negotiation with the person. Uh, and actually, one thing we've went with over the last, I'd say, year and a half, people we hire, we actually up a little bit. I hope our future applicants don't see this and use it to our disadvantage. But truthfully, we noticed people wanted the job so bad they were actually underselling. So we started to learn the market more and say, okay, they're asking for three to four, but we really know the, you know, they live in Manila. Manila Metro is going to cost way more than certain rural provinces. I know that now, but they'll still try to compete with those and say, now you're either going to take another job. Like we notice certain things like, okay, we need them to advocate for themselves. And so we started to create some minimums by department that we would even apply to. So that was one thing. Um, so what, so what you're, what I hear you saying, cause I have a little more context on this is they may say, Hey, I want $3 for the job. Knowing full well they want 450, yep. and after 30 days or 90 days or a year, they say, Hey, I need 450 or six dollars, and you're like, I'm doubling your pay now. Yeah, then it gets a little sticky. But now, what you're saying is, What you've learned to build long term retention is, Hey, we know that three dollars an hour long term isn't sustainable. Our minimum for this job placement is four dollars and fifty cents. Because we also want happens. that talent. Also, the other thing is we got into, I'll admit, like at first it was like, oh, we can get someone for four instead of six. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, it's really a, a third of, of the difference. Like if we if we scale down two, four, six, but it's to them, it's huge difference as well. So that was the point I was getting to is like cost of living, like way, way lower. Mm -hmm. So the other thing is you don't want to over any, any higher. You can't overpay what the position's worth competitively for the market. Like all those things still reign true, but you can change someone's life there by giving them opportunity to participate in an American economy, like across the globe, like look at our GDP, it's not hidden. America is the best place for an independent contractor or a partnered business or an employee to work for. Like it's across the board, look at other countries, especially a third world country. So if you can give them access to participate in your economy, you're doing a service. And if they're making a rate of pay for their area where they're living above the poverty line and there's not opportunities like remote work in the Philippines, doesn't exist for Philippine companies. They're not like, this is unfortunately for them, the country's not there yet as a whole, but if we can give them access to our development and also simultaneously, this is my favorite part of it, the care of the workers we get, we talk about arbitrage, uh, actually one more thought before I go to the care they have, is there's other outfits out there and I don't wanna, they serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if you don't have full 40 hours of work for this you know, hire, I understand the companies that decide, hey, I'm going to hire this person fractionally. I only need someone 10 hours a week. And with that, a lot of these VA placement companies will do is say, okay, I'm going to take 10 hours of their week for this company, 10 hours for this company, 10 hours for this company, 10 hours. They work for four companies. That still serves my, my prior point of they're giving that person an opportunity to, to participate in this economy. And I think that's noble and it's great. 
The part I don't like is they typically charge the company. They have to make their margin somewhere. Of course. And if they're not placing full-time, they have to make their, their money somewhere. So they'll say, okay, I'm going to charge the company $25 an hour for this that those 10 hours, and then you're going to pay me that, and that's going to manage them, maintenance them, keep them, all their benefits, yada, yada, yada. But then they go pay that VA $4. Mm-hmm. I just don't like personally having a delta in what I pay out to what they get. That feels like a middleman arbitrage for me. Yeah. Where I and it's nothing against those companies. We just we're lucky enough to be a big. I'd probably use that service to create a win-win between me and VA if it were yeah. my business size. Mm-hmm. So not slander, just preference. But that's where I would feel more wrong. Is yeah. just because I feel like I'm keeping this middle money. But if I'm just placing, I'm headhunting, I'm finding the right talent. You know, whether bookkeeper, executive assistant, all these different roles. Totally different story. So. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think I Googled this once, and I don't know if this is the exact number, but I think it's close. I think the minimum wage in the Philippines, and there's probably different based on where you are, is $5 a day. Is that is that sound? I don't have the exact number. I, I think it's something like that. So what we did was we start. We looked at weekly and monthly okay. income, and then started to back. Oh, what's cost of living? Yeah. And what the biggest shock of that exercise for me was is that Manila and some of the metro areas to. Like when you start to hire people in provinces around that are more rural, like how far a dollar goes between Metro Manila and and some of these provinces would blow your mind. It's like a four to one in some places. Okay, so yeah, it's the, crazy. The hires that's where it's like really important. But you get stability in Manila, like people that are already probably in corporate jobs before, and uh, you know it just yeah totally different dynamics. But so okay, all that. So now I think we got to the point where why we did it, how we messed up um, by underpaying up front or well, one other way just to add that yeah. right because uh, underpaying was a slight mess up that's uh, yeah that's yeah it's like word. i don't think it was enough of a mess up our biggest mess up going in and shout out to shannon for being the most thought out and at least having some of a plan so we failed a lot less than we would have but i think you can relate to this with any hire we didn't have enough of the job in mind when we hired we hired mm-hmm. to solve a problem not to hire to give someone a purposeful role that they understood, they owned clearly, that we described all the checklists of what to do. Like that was a learning curve. And we're like, oh, it's so cheap. We'll just kind of throw them into the fire and we'll figure it out. Because how much money are we really burning? And yeah. truly, I, I think it was a little bit more well-intended than that. Of course. But looking back, that's kind of what we did. But if you're listening to this and you can kind of relate to, hey, I need to hire someone, whether it's to help you with open houses, an assistant, a ISA, a VA, if you've ever done that, and if it has failed, I want you to truly, genuinely pause, take a look in and say, did I set that person up for success 100%? Now, I have hired people that I've set up for success who have failed me. Yep, I have. It, I mean, people are people, right? Um, so, it, and could I have done better? Absolutely, absolutely. But did I do a horrible job? No, I don't think so. Um, but I think a lot of times people, like you said, hire to solve a problem. I need it's like signing up for the gym, and that alone will get me in shape. Correct. You actually have to do the work. Gym yeah. signups go up crazy. At the beginning, like, well, if I do spend the money, especially that's American mindset. Like, if I spend the money and do the thing, it's going to work out for me. Yeah, and it doesn't. And so, building out a real solid job description rather than, you know get me more leads or help me convert. That's so vague that even if they do their absolute best and even if they're the best at it, they're going to fall short because they're, they're meeting, they're missing expectations that you've never clearly articulated and probably didn't know going into it. 
right? So you're like, hey, uh, do, you know, do social media. And then they do social media and they think they're crushing it. And then, and again, I, I hear this not with VAs specifically, but marketing people in, in general, the, the team leader or whoever hired them will reach out to me and they go, my marketing person sucks. So why? Well, they're just posting this and that. And I said, well, did you tell them what they're supposed to do? That, well, I just told them to do social media. Well, they're doing social media. Now, you weren't clear on how it needs to be done. You didn't set clear parameters. And the so- The only difference between their American hire, by the way, just to have a lot of that and it, is like your average American hire is like, well, you didn't tell me what to do. And they'll just sit back kind of cool and they're just trying to make an issue to do it and it wasn't what you wanted. And now you're like, all it is is they took initiative. But like, if you hired someone in the US and you didn't tell them what to do, it just said, go to work. Unless you're a, like A-list player, like you're hiring an executive on your team, you're hiring a highly comp, like if you're bringing a thinker that then ideates and puts into motion and then creates and implements, it's a whole different position. Yeah. And you can hire, by the way, VAs that do. Like we have high paid VAs. So let's- Like you can have that, but just don't, you can't hire someone to your point and plug them in and be like- Figure it out. Make, yeah, be yeah. a business stakeholder for me, please. So I want to break down two particular jobs. If you're thinking about, hey, I need help. I'm on a team. I, I own the team, I manage the team, or I'm a solo agent. I need help. Um, this seems like it'll solve a problem. I'm, I get to do good in the world and help someone. Uh, one of my, I know this personally, one of my VAs uh, supports his entire family. Um, literally with, uh, I don't want to go too, but literally with, with the bonus he got last year, he was able to help his family purchase a business to give his family Jobs. So, cool. so like, if you're like, hey, I want to make a massive difference in someone's life and I want to make massive value in my business, but I don't have 60, 80, 100K to hire someone, hiring a virtual assistant or someone for your international team can absolutely, should absolutely be your first hire um, or your next hire. And I want to talk about two different roles um, that should be first up. So first is, Kind of your 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 executive assistant slash generalist slash. I need this done. I I don't have the personal bandwidth for it. Here's exactly how to do it. Tell me a little bit what that looks like in terms of an executive assistant in terms of a job description. Yeah, I mean, I would say, I'd start by making. I think everyone's on the same, but if not, like, what are the things that you shouldn't be doing that you know how to do well enough that you could teach someone? Rapid, like get someone some basic skills to fire you from. For me, that's email. Now going in, I, I had an email system I preferred. But if you don't, my first step was to create an email flow that you're going to allow someone to manage for you. If your process right now is to open everything and then leave it open, you just know in the back of your head it's not important, that's probably hard to teach someone, hey, when I see this, I'm thinking this. Not yeah. scalable, right? But if you might say, hey, if you don't know what to do with this and we haven't covered it yet, you're gonna put it in an Ask Chris folder. If you're going to action on it and you're going to take it away from my vision, you're going to put it in Lee action on folder. And we have these folders that we put on our main Gmail screen and there's all important and there's uh, there's red and important. Red and important should not pile up because it needs to be categorized or it means she needs me to action on it. The top one, I don't look at it, doesn't exist. It means she hasn't ciphered it. Now, if it starts to build up and I go in there at two o'clock in the afternoon and I say, whoa, the top section of important unread hasn't been actioned on, I might hit her with a message, hey, this is kind of building up, have you gone through these today? I don't because she owns it. But we had a cadence, so emails one, Slack. I don't want to hit a lot of Slack stuff. So for me, she's logged in my Slack. Now, it wasn't always, that was something we added as a responsibility. Calendar, I don't want mm -hmm. to build my own calendar, but one thing, you know, actually this is an exercise we just went through. We've been together nine months now. 
And calendar's really strong. She manages all my meetings, where I need to be, rearranges. She'll liaise with you directly if I need mm-hmm. to reschedule. Like, I don't do any of that. I don't think about calendar. So, okay, so we got calendar, email. Uh, you said it can be project management. Now, so now okay. that's where we're getting to a point of. It's like, hey, I want to be on task as much of the day as possible. You're doing a really good job at managing my calendar. You're doing a really good job at all these things. But what I would like to do is like, as we break down projects, she even owns parts of projects with me because she's so involved with where my head's at. So then we look at the project and say, hey, Lee, you're going to take this, 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 and this off. I'm going to do that and then pass to someone else. Well, then now it's like, okay, rather than give me my to-dos at the beginning of every day, I just want you to put it on my calendar. Guess, is it going to take me 30 minutes an hour? Give me some white space a little bit so I can breathe. But I want to come in every day and just plug in and just now she's kind of a... she drives me into the ground. She'll literally joke with people. Like, that's her job is to drive me into the ground, get the most out of my day, and then let me go. And then we reconvene, prioritize for the next day, top three things to work on, repeat, repeat. So if you have a team, some, so some of the things that I'm thinking of, uh, that, that's fairly specific to you, especially someone being managing lots of people, uh, managing projects in the office. If you have a team, you can, you can do things where they can... Um, manage communication with your team. They can follow up with your team and check in. Hey, you're, you said you wanted accountability on um, open houses. How are you doing on open houses? They can be your your communication, right? They yep. can be um, your person that that tags your team members. Hey, this needs to get followed up in, within your database. Um, they can be the one that sets up, like I have mine when we do our team meetings. Uh, one of my guys, John, he will go through and build up the slide deck for our Tuesday meetings. So all the things that need to happen, he makes sure it's formatted right. He makes sure the right people are notified and update their stuff. And so stuff that I'm like, I built it. I said, this is the flow. I did it for a couple of weeks myself. And I, then I said, then I taught him and now he's taking it over. Um, if you're a solo agent, things like managing your tasks in, yep. in your CRM, um, things like prepping for your CMAs or prepping for All your open house tours that you know that you'd get more deals by doing that. If someone, I, we were talking before we started just a little bit like a warm up here, but like one of the things are like, if you have a lead gen source where you know that if someone did the 80% of prep work and I could just go into the execute mode, I would crush this lead source. Uh, you know what? Like if you're doing four rent by owners on like Facebook and just, you know, a little plug there, if you want to do that, like. Yeah, sure. You got to DM the person. You got to get them interested to have a convert. Like that's a little ISA ish. Or, you know, I have another agent who uses a VA. It's like, Hey, I want to do my yearly CMAs with everyone. So now she's created a standard of here's the CMA template I want. Here's how you're going to run some, you know, analysis to at least get close. It's an annual CMA. It doesn't have, it, it, yep. where it's 2024. Like there's a way to pull it quickly and you can delegate to that VA. Get your package all put together. And then it's now, now my 20% is going to be calling them and asking, letting them know I'm going to drop it off. And then on the way home driving. Now, eventually you might get more leverage. You'll hire someone locally to deliver it for you. Yeah. But that's where they might be able to, or been going to been verified on expired and FISBOs and say, hey, I, I, if you don't have the money to buy you know, the data, you can go been verified or, or scrub the list you do buy data from. Like there's a million things that you're probably not doing because you don't have enough time. Yeah, and so executive assistant, give them core products, teach them how to do that, and then as things come up and as they grow and as they manage that and as you work together better, you can add on more and more and more projects. Um, The next one, and and I want to be clear, this is true whether they're international or not, and Chris, you brought this up beforehand, is you you don't want to have your executive assistant 
also be your one and only TC, also be your one and only marketing person. If you can't, if you can't do all that yourself, they can't do all of it themselves either. So making sure you're not going, Oh, I want them to be my lead generator, my nurturer, my ISA, my, my TC. But I need a bookkeeper. Yeah. Right. And, and so you got to kind of, just like you would with any hire, you got to kind of segment them in toward into personality types and roles and, and, and use disc or something else. Yes. Yeah. At least can we all agree that every human can't do every skill? Like it's just, we're all different. So I would say that is like, that's a big fail point I think too yeah. for people hiring international is that they're like, I just need stuff. And, and I think it's probably from a good place. They, the person wants to work 40 hours. They want to provide 40 hours of work and they didn't think about what the person would be doing before they hired the person. And then they're like, well, I failed. So VAs don't work for me. True, a hundred percent. I hear it all the time. Uh, I, I do too. Um, the second job role, and we don't have a ton of time to get into this, but this is one that's near and dear to my heart. Um, and I tell everyone this that goes through our Media Mayor Mastermind course um, is someone to handle your media for you. Um, and what I mean by this is not changing your TV station, but if you're going to be creating content, which our Media Mayor Mastermind course is all about, is creating content. Um, I tell agents every single day, you don't need to edit. I say, I say, look, Cedric, he's, he's been with me for, I think three years now. I said, wow, Cedric, Cedric, I know you've been here that God, long. I love Cedric. I say, look, Cedric, uh, he can edit faster and he can edit better than you ever can. He's, he's phenomenal. He's, he's, really good. he's better than you at he's editing. Correct. He's mine. He's better than you at editing photos and videos. And he's way less expensive than you. So take your time and spend your time in the um, negotiation, the, the lead generation, the, the nurturing. Do what you do best and let your, your VAs handle the, the media. And, and now, uh, again, when I say this is photo editing, video editing, some graphic design work, and even the distribution to where we've gotten to a point where between my uh, stateside and my international team, we can create content. It goes through my international team. We QC it before it goes out. But I see, I see a, probably every other day a post. How can I do one platform and schedule it all, all the places at once? And in order to do it effectively, you can't unless you hire someone. And their job is to post it vertically on TikTok using a, a sound from there, post it on Instagram Reels using a sound from there and using collaborators, posting it on Facebook, putting it on YouTube and opt like it's it's all this work you that want you can't an easy just... button because you're the one that has to do it right now yeah but if you are the right person they would do it the right way and I don't know if everyone picked up that all the nuanced distribution mediums you're speaking to are for virality effect if you will yep of using the right sound by the right like all the algorithms monitor all those little things if you're mass posting from one back end you're gonna miss those but it makes sense why a, a solopreneur would want to say hey I, I need a one stop because I need this to take five minutes but if you had the leverage, you could do it the most effective way. Yeah, and it's so they can do all that plus the editing. So so, so I've got three right now on my team that that do all that. Um, and so we don't have too much more time to go into it. But I do want to go provide more value, provide more in detail information. Um, Chris, we keep saying you keep saying you and how you source thing. I know you work. Tell tell me a little bit about the VA network. Yeah, so I go through the VA network. So that's we've placed what forty some VAs now okay. to them. Um, it was vertically integrated here at Whistle. So we started the company, and 
uh, as we weren't finding what we needed and uh, we wanted more specialists than we were. We had a little more generalist uh, sourcing previously. And so, uh, yeah, started working, uh, built that up. Now we have recruiters that source all of our VAs from, uh, yeah, accountants, bookkeepers, uh, the full media team, videographer, yeah. or videographer, geez, video post, mm-hmm. uh, copywriting, um, ISAs, literally every, I think every role now, just about, yeah, about every role in our company, uh, we have an expansion international team member or team members supporting that department uh, as it allows us to grow very fixed costs as we need to scale and provide more for agents. So if you're hearing this podcast and you're thinking, okay, I got around the the, the aspect of the, the morality of it. I, I see how it's a, a value add and not a, I'm taking advantage of someone. Um, and then you say, okay, now I, I understand I need to, I, it can help my business. It can add leverage to my business to where I can offload some of the stuff that needs to be physically done by a human, but not by me. Um, and you go, okay, I want to do that. I don't know exactly how, I don't know exactly what. If you go to the VA network.com or dot, sorry, dot co, the VA network.co, um, there's going to be a link on there with a lot, it's something where you can download with a lot more information about job roles, about job descriptions. The great thing about a job description I've learned is I don't really need to provide, uh, the VA network, uh, job description. I say, Hey, I want a video editor. And they go, here's the job description. Does this look good? I go, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, Maybe but, a couple questions in there. But. Yeah, but so if, if you want something, you can go to theva-network.co. Uh, there's going to be a link to download. A lot to get you kind of started with this real estate um VA process of is this the right way? Is this what I want to go for? And maybe there's going to be things that we didn't talk about that will have more information in that download. It may be uh, ISA information or database manager. There's going to be a ton in there. Um, the VA network.co. That's cool. It. Um, before we wrap up, I want to talk about our WIS. Uh, before we actually get into our whistle widget of the week, if you liked all that, go to thewhistleway.com. Again, it gives you a lot more information on different ways you can build your business. If you like to be in community with a Facebook group, if you want to subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel, if you want to, I think we even have our 14-day social media challenge on there. If you're really looking to grow your business and you want more content like this, go to thewhistleway.com. And if you found this valuable, uh, I asked two things, really easy. One is share this with someone that you think can uh, benefit from it. Maybe this is someone that you've talked to and they say, VA suck, I hate them, I'll never do them. Share this video with them. Say, maybe you're, maybe you're wrong, All right? If it's, uh, maybe you're on a team, you share it with your team leader and say, this would be great if you as the team leader hired maybe a couple video editors that the team can utilize or a graphic designer that the team can utilize. Um, and, and maybe if you're a solo agent, uh, and you kind of talked about a, a hybrid model, but you go, look, I need 20 hours worth of work. And Sally, my best friend, needs 20 hours of work with, worth, worth of work. Maybe I take them Monday through Wednesday. She takes them Thursday and Friday, uh, and we can pay this VA together. Anyways, um, share this with them. Also, if you can, write, a, write us a review, just like you want your clients to write you a review that fills our cup, that helps us keep going, that helps us get noticed and other people to learn more about uh, the podcast. So now let's go into the Whistle Widget of the Week. This is something that we use in our life, in our daily business that saves us time, makes us more money, or helps us have more fun. Chris, would you like to go first or would you like me to? Oof. Mine's new. It just came out. 
Uh, Go for it. But big Slack user, uh, they came out with a feature called Ketchup. Mm. And uh, I've been out of the dating world happily for like five plus years now. But it's got this little swipe action for what's important, not important. Uh, it actually reminds me of the CRM. You probably never used it, Brian, called Contactually. Uh -huh. uh, Compass killed it, so it's not important <laughs> now. Uh, but it was my favorite CRM before I knew what follow-up bus was. But it had a swipe feature of prioritizing your buckets for your leads. So what Slack does now is you have a catch-up feature. So maybe you've been out in the field all day or, uh, and your team had a lot of stuff that's not important to you. Left is you want to market uh, unread so you get back to it and prioritize it. Swipe right to market red. Or you can respond, action on it, and then market red. The nice part is it clears so when you actually get back to your computer, you start to work your Slack list. All that's left is things that are actually highly important. So the catch-up feature in Slack is my widget of the week. And that's on the mobile app, yes? It's on the mobile app, yep, through Slack. Cool. It's right at the top next to threads. Mine is, I'll say it, it's kind of dumb, but it's uh, it's made me enjoy my life a little bit more this last week. Uh, it is, God, this is dumb. This I'm is dumb, but I love it. Uh, I just got a new surround sound for my house. Um, Chris did too. Love this it. is a, it's, it's a... A uh, sound bar with two rear speakers and a subwoofer. Um, what I loved about it, I got it from Costco. It's the LG SP7R 7.1, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I like it. It's pretty, it's it's simple. It sounds great. Um, and what I was finding is I was finding stuff on Amazon for like 100 bucks for like 11 speakers. Or I was finding stuff on like Bose for $1,400 for half a speaker and, and one <laughs> wire, right? This through Costco was under 300 bucks. Um, gives me a little surround sound. Uh, and I updated my old surround sound that I had, or my old sound bar that I had for 15 years. So I know it's dumb, but if you if that. you have been like me who's been wanting a new sound bar for months and months and months, I got it from Costco for I think 250 bucks or something like that. So... Yeah, that is that. Thank you so much for watching this week's episode of the podcast. We will see you next week. Wait, wait. Before you leave, I want to share some more tips and tricks that we're using in our business to take it to that next level. Just click right here. And don't forget to subscribe. Click right here.